Hi there, I'm Rene Schwartz, and welcome to Moonlight Productions' versions of The World's Best Fairy Tales. This series is for listeners both young and old, and features stories from the Grimm's Brothers, Hans Christian Andersen, Arabian Nights, and some of the best classic tales. An Old English Tale Jack and the Beanstalk Once upon a time there was a poor widow who lived in a little cottage with her only son Jack, who was a simple but kind-hearted boy. There had been a terribly hard winter, and the poor woman saw there would be no means of keeping Jack and herself from starvation but by selling her cow. So one morning she said to her son, I'm too weak to go myself, Jack. You must take the cow to market for me and sell her. Well, cheer up, mother. I'll go and get some work somewhere, said Jack. We've tried that before, and nobody would take you, said his mother. So Jack took the cow and left for the market. On the way he met a butcher who had some beautiful beans in his hand. Jack stopped to look at the beans, and the butcher told the boy that they were very valuable, and persuaded the silly lad to sell him the cow in exchange for these beans. When he brought them home to his mother instead of the money she had expected, she was vexed and shed many tears, scolding Jack for his folly. He was very sorry, and when mother and son went to bed sadly that night, their last hope seemed gone. At daybreak, Jack rose and went out into the garden. At least, he thought, I could sow the wonderful beans. Mother says that they are just common scarlet runners and nothing else, but I may as well try and see. So he took a piece of stick, made some holes in the ground, and put in the beans. That day, they had very little for dinner and again went sadly to bed, knowing that the next day there would be none. Jack, unable to sleep from grief and vexation, got up at dawn and went out into the garden. What was his amazement to find that the beans had grown in the night and had climbed up and up until they covered the high cliff that sheltered the cottage and disappeared above it. The stalks had twined themselves together till they formed a sturdy ladder. It would be easy to climb it, thought Jack, and, having thought of it, he at once resolved to do so. So climb he did and went up and up on the ladder-like beanstalk till everything he had left behind him, the cottage, the village, and even the tall church tower, looked quite small, and still he could not see the top of the beanstalk. Jack felt tired, and thought for a moment that he would go down again, but he was a very persevering boy, and he knew that the way to succeed in anything is not to give up. So after resting for a few minutes, he went on, after climbing higher and higher, till he grew afraid to look down for fear he would become dizzy, Jack at last reached the top of the beanstalk and found himself in a beautiful country with fine meadows dotted with grazing sheep. A crystal stream ran through the pastures, and not far from the place where he had gotten off the beanstalk stood a fine, strong castle. While Jack was standing looking at the castle, a very strange-looking woman came out of the wood and advanced toward him. She wore a pointed cap of quilted red satin turned up with ermine. Her hair streamed loose over her shoulders, and she walked with a staff. 
Jack took off his cap and made her a bow. If you please, ma'am, he said politely, is this your house? No, said the old woman. Listen, and I will tell you the story of that castle. Once upon a time there was a noble knight who lived in this castle which is on the borders of Fairyland. He had a fair and beloved wife and several lovely children, and as his neighbors, the little people, were very friendly toward him, they bestowed on him many excellent and precious gifts. Rumor whispered of these treasures, and a monstrous giant who lived at no great distance, and who was a very wicked being, resolved that he would take possession of them. So he bribed a false servant to let him inside the castle when the knight was asleep, and he killed him as he lay. Then he went to the part of the castle which was the nursery, and also killed the poor little ones he found there. Happily for her, the knight's lady was not there. She had gone with her infant son, who was only two or three months old, to visit her old nurse who lived in the valley, and she had been detained there all night by a storm. The next morning, as soon as it was light, one of the servants who had managed to escape from the castle came to tell the poor lady of the sad fate of her husband and her pretty babes. She could scarcely believe him at first, and in her sorrow was eager at once to go back and share the fate of her dear ones. But the old nurse, with many tears, besought her to remember that she still had a child, and that it was her duty to live for his sake. The lady yielded to this reasoning and consented to remain in concealment at her nurse's house, for the servant told her that the giant had vowed if he could find her, he would kill both her and her baby. Years went by. The old nurse died, leaving her cottage and its few articles of furniture to her poor mistress, who lived in it, working as a peasant for her daily bread. Her spinning wheel and the milk of a cow, which she had purchased with the little money she had with her, sufficed for the scanty subsistence of herself and her growing son. There was a nice little garden attached to the cottage, in which they cultivated peas, beans, cabbages, and the old lady was not ashamed to go out and work in the fields to supply her son's wants. Jack, that poor lady is your mother. This castle was once your father's and must again be yours. Jack uttered a cry of surprise. My mother! Oh, ma'am, what ought I to do? Your duties requires you to win it back for your mother, the woman said. But the task is very difficult one, and full of peril, Jack. Have you courage to undertake it? I fear nothing when I am doing right, said Jack bravely. Then said the lady in the red cap. You are one of those who slay giants. You must get into the castle and, if possible, gain possession of the hen that lays golden eggs and the harp that talks. Remember all the giant possesses is really yours. As she ceased speaking, the lady of the red hat suddenly disappeared. And, of course, Jack then knew she was a fairy. Jack determined at once to attempt the adventure. He advanced and blew the horn which hung at the castle portal. The door was opened in a moment by a frightful giantess with one great eye in the middle of her forehead. As soon as Jack saw her, he turned away to run, but the giantess caught him and began to push and pull him toward the castle. 
ho, she laughed terribly. Didn't expect you to see me here, that is clear. No, I shan't let you go. I am overworked, and I don't see why I should not have a page, the same as the other ladies. And you shall clean the knives, and black the boots, and make the fires, and help me generally when the giant is out. And when he is at home, I must hide you, for he has eaten up my other pages, and you would be a dainty morsel, my little lad. While she spoke, she dragged Jack right into the castle. The poor boy was very frightened, but he struggled to be brave and make the best of things. I am quite ready to help you and do what I can to serve you, madam, he said. Only I beg you, be good enough to hide me from your husband, for I should not like to be eaten at all. That's a good boy, said the giantess, nodding her head. Come here, child. Go into my wardrobe. He never ventures to open that. You'll be safe there. She opened a huge wardrobe which stood in the great hall and shut him into it. The keyhole was so large that it admitted plenty of air, and through it Jack could see everything that took place in the room. By and by, he heard a heavy tramp on the stairs, like the lumbering along of a great cannon, and then a voice booming. Fee-fi-fo-fum. I smell the blood of an Englishman. Be he alive or be he dead, I'll grind his bones to make my bread. Wife! cried the giant. There is an Englishman in the castle. Let me have him for breakfast. You have grown old and stupid, cried the giantess in her loud tones. It is only a nice fresh elephant steak which you smell. Sit down and have breakfast. And she placed a huge dish before him of savory steaming meat, which greatly pleased him and made him forget his idea of an Englishman being in the castle. When he had breakfast, he went for a walk, and then the giantess made Jack come out to help her, which he busily did all day. She fed him well, and when evening came, put him back in the wardrobe. The giant came in to supper. Jack watched him through the keyhole, and was amazed to see him pick a wolf's bone and put half a fowl at a time into his enormous mouth. When the supper was ended, he bade his wife bring him his hen that lay the golden eggs. It lays as well as it did when it belonged to that paltry knight, he said. Indeed, I think the eggs are heavier than ever. The giantess went away, and soon returned with a little brown hen which she placed on the table before her husband. And now, my dear, she said, I am going for a walk if you don't want me any longer. Go! said the giant. I shall be glad to have a nap in a little while. Then he took up the brown hen and said to her, Lay! And she instantly laid a golden egg. Lay! said the giant again, and she laid another. Lay! He repeated a third time, and again a golden egg lay on the table. Now Jack was sure this hen was the one of which the fairy had spoken. By and by, the giant put the hen down on the floor and soon went fast asleep, snoring so loudly that it sounded like thunder. And when Jack perceived that the giant was fast asleep, he pushed the door open of the wardrobe and crept 
out. Very softly, he stole across the room, picking up the hen, hurried away. He knew the way to the kitchen, the door of which he found ajar. He opened it, then shut it, and locked it after him, and flew back to the beanstalk, which he descended just as fast as his feet could move. When his mother saw him, she wept for joy, for she had feared the fairies had carried him off, or that the giant, whom she had always secretly feared, had found him. But Jack put the brown hen down before her, and told her he had been in the giant's castle, and all his adventures. She was very glad to see the hen, which would surely make them rich. Jack made another journey up the beanstalk to the giant's castle one day, while his mother had gone to market. But first he dyed his hair and disguised himself. The old giantess did not recognize him, and dragged him in as she had done before to help do the work. But she heard her husband coming and hid him in the wardrobe, not thinking that he was the same boy who had stolen the hen. She bade him stay quiet, still there, afraid the giant would eat him. And then the giant came in, saying, Fee, fi, fo, fa. I smell the blood of an Englishman. Be he alive or be he dead, I'll grind his bones to make my bread. Nonsense, said the wife. It is only a roasted ox that I thought would be a tidbit for your supper. Sit down and I will bring it at once. The giant sat down and soon his wife brought up a roasted ox on a large dish, and they began their supper. Jack was so amazed to see them pick its bones as if it had been a small bird. As soon as they had finished their meal, the giantess rose and said, Now, my dear, with your leave, I'm going up to my room to finish the story I am reading. If you want me, call for me. First, answered the giant, Bring me my money bags, that I may count my gold pieces before I sleep. The giantess obeyed. She soon brought two large bags over her shoulders, which she put down by her husband. There, she said, that is all that is left of the knight's money. When you have spent it, you must go and take another baron's cattle. That he shan't do if I can help it, Jack vowed to himself. The giant, when his wife was gone, took out heaps and heaps of gold pieces, counted them and put them in stacks till he was bored. Then he swept them back into their bags, leaning back in his chair, fell fast asleep, snoring so loudly that no other sound was audible. Jack stole softly from the wardrobe, and taking up the bags of money which were really his own, because the giant had stolen them from his father, he ran off and after descending the beanstalk with great difficulty, he laid the bags of gold on his mother's table. She had just returned from town and was crying because Jack was not at home. There, mother, I have brought you the gold that my father lost. Oh, Jack, you are a very good boy, but I wish you would not risk your precious life in the giant's castle. Tell me how you came to go there again. And Jack told her all about it. His mother was very glad to have the money, but she did not like him to run any risk for her. But after a time, Jack made up his mind to go again to the giant's castle. So he climbed the beanstalk once more and blew the horn at the giant's gate. The giantess soon opened the door. She was very stupid and did not recognize him. She stopped a moment before and took him in because she feared another robbery.
But Jack's fresh face looked so innocent she bade him come in, and again she hid him away in the wardrobe. By and by, the giant came home, and as soon as he had crossed the threshold, he roared out, Fee-fi-foo-fum! I smell the blood of an Englishman. Be he alive or be he dead, I'll grind his bones to make my bread. You stupid old giant, said his wife. You only smell the nice sheep I grilled for your dinner. The giant sat down and his wife brought up a whole sheep for his dinner. And when he had eaten it all, he said, Now bring me my harp and I will have a little music while you take your walk. The giantess obeyed and returned with a beautiful harp. The framework was all sparkling with diamonds and rubies and the strings were all of gold. This is one of the nicest things I took from the night, said the giant. I'm very fond of music, and my harp is a faithful servant. So he drew the harp toward him and said, Play! And the harp played a very soft, sad air. Play something merrier, said the giant, and the harp played a gay tune. Now play me a lullaby, roared the giant, and the harp played a sweet lullaby, and at the sound its master fell asleep. Then Jack stole softly out of the wardrobe and went into the huge kitchen to see if the giantess had gone out. He found no one there, so he went to the door and opened it softly. Then he entered the giant's room seized the harp and ran away with it. But as he jumped over the threshold, the harp called out loudly, Master, Master! The giant woke up. With a tremendous roar, he sprang from his seat and in two strides reached the door. Jack was very nimble, and he fled like lightning with the harp, talking to it as he went, for he saw it was a fairy, and told it he was the son of its old master, the knight. Still the giant came on so fast that he was quite close to poor Jack, and he stretched out his great hand to catch him. But luckily, just at that moment, he stepped on a loose stone, stumbled and fell flat on the ground where he lay at his full length. Jack had just time to get on the beanstalk and hasten down it. But as he reached their own garden, he beheld the giant descending after him. Mother! Mother! cried Jack. Make haste and give me the axe! His mother ran to him with the axe in her hand, and Jack, with one tremendous blow, cut through all the beanstalks except one. Now, mother, stand out of the way! Jack's mother shrank back. And it was all well she did, for just as the giant took hold of the last branch of the beanstalk, Jack cut the stem through and darted away. Down came the giant with a terrible crash. And that was the end of him. Before Jack and his mother had recovered from their alarm, a beautiful lady stood before them. Jack, said she, you have acted like a brave knight's son and deserve to have your inheritance restored to you. Dig a grave and bury the giant, and then go kill the giantess. But, Jack said, I could not kill anyone unless I were fighting with him, and I could not draw my sword upon a woman. Moreover, the giantess was always very kind to me. The fairy smiled on Jack. I am much pleased with your generous feeling, she said. Nevertheless, return to the castle, and act as you will find needful. Jack asked the fairy to show him the way to the castle, as the beanstalk was now down. 
She told him she would drive him there in her chariot, which was drawn by two peacocks. Jack thanked her and sat down in the chariot with her. The fairy drove him a long distance till they reached a village which lay at the bottom of a hill. Here they found a number of wretched-looking men assembled. The fairy stopped her carriage and addressed them. My friends, she said, the cruel giant who oppressed you and ate up all your flocks and herds is dead, thanks to this young gentleman. He is the son of your kind old master, the knight. The men gave a loud cheer at these words and pressed forward to say that they would serve Jack as faithfully as they had served his father. The fairy bade them follow her to the castle, and they marched there in a body. And when they arrived, Jack blew the horn and demanded admittance. The old giantess saw them coming from the turret loophole. She was very frightened, for she guessed that something had happened to her husband. As she came downstairs very quickly, she caught her foot in her dress and fell from the top to the bottom. When the people outside found that the door was not open, they took crowbars and forced the portal. Nobody was to be seen, but going on into the castle, they found the body of the dead giantess at the foot of the stairs. Thus Jack took possession of the castle. The fairy brought his mother to him with the hen and the harp. He had the giantess buried and endeavored to help those whom the giant had robbed. Before her departure for fairyland, the fairy explained to Jack that she had sent the butcher to meet him with the beans to test what sort of lad he was. If you had looked at the gigantic beanstalk and just wondered stupidly about it, she said, I should have left you where misfortune had placed you, only restoring her cow to your mother. But you showed an inquiring mind and great courage and enterprise. Therefore, you deserve to rise, and when you mounted the beanstalk, you climbed the ladder of fortune. She then took her leave of Jack and his mother.